Hey, I'm Jason Gray. Hey, this is Sarah Gross. Hey, I'm Andrew Osinga. Hi, this is Michael Carr. Hey, this is Andrew Peterson, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. And this is me, so let's have some exciting music. Who is me, you ask? Well, me is Rick Lee James, and this is my podcast, Voices in My Head. We've got a great show for you this week, so stay tuned. Everybody, welcome back to Voices in My Head. I am your host, Rick Lee James, and I am here again with my son, Alexander Grayson James. It is the middle of the morning here on Tuesday morning, and uh, we are enjoying the day together. Alexander already had breakfast, he had a nap, and I said, Hey, Alexander, you want to do a podcast? And he said, Uh. So you may hear from Alexander in a few minutes. It's kind of hard to predict, but uh, so we're kind of walking around, and I've got my digital recorder in my hand, and I'm uh, just wanted to update you on a few things here and uh, share a few of the thoughts that are in my head this week here in the voices in my head. Uh, first of all, let me update you on my book. Uh, I ran a Kickstarter campaign, which if you've been listening to the podcast or following me online, you know about that. And uh, people have been uh, just amazingly generous. I initially started out, let me tell the story of this, I was asking for a thousand dollars. And uh, that was just to do the very basic, bare minimum, uh, to print 100 copies, nothing super fancy, um, just to get the, the book out there and to get it in some ebook forms. Well, in seven days, we met that $1,000 goal. We had 30 days total. So I thought, well, you know what? If we still have more people that want to give, um, maybe we can uh, go for a hardcover. Hardcovers are extremely expensive, by the way. Well, as the uh, Kickstarter campaign ended, um, we were on the last day, still about $300 short of our goal, but uh, between not only Kickstarter donations, but people who were so generous uh, out in my travels on the road, uh, we were able to raise over $2,000 total. So the Kickstarter campaign ended. That's not the most exciting news. Um, I, I asked several of my favorite authors, um, people who I just really look up to, people who I've had on the show before actually, um, if they would be interested in uh, taking a look at the book. And so um, I started big, I thought, well, you know, Michael Card, he is just uh, one of my favorite musicians as well as one of my favorite authors. And I thought, gosh, it'd be great if I could get him to, to take a look at the book and, and read it. And he did, and he liked it. He gave an endorsement. Um, I asked Brett McCracken, uh, who's been on the podcast before he he wrote some great books hipster christianity uh, gray matters and uh, i sent it to him got some wonderful feedback from him he also endorsed the book um the the first one that i got back actually though is one that maybe i'm most proud of um because he's uh, really become such a mentor to me is uh, is brian zahn and uh i just i love his writing so much he may not know he's a mentor, but through our podcast conversations and through uh, you know reading his books, following his blog, uh, just following his ministry, listening to his weekly sermons, uh, he's been such an influence. He gave a wonderful endorsement after reading the book, and um, man, I'm just so excited about it. And uh, and Matt Litton, last but certainly not least, Matt is a great author. He's um, an educator. He he wrote um, Mockingbird Parables, which is a, a great book about literature, spirituality, faith, um, through To Kill a Mockingbird. 
Um, he, he wrote a book called Holy Nomad, which we actually had him on the podcast for a while back, um, Walking the Rugged Road with Jesus. Great, great author. He also gave me a glowing um, endorsement for the book. So just I'm just amazed at the way God has moved. And um, yesterday had a radio station called me. They heard about uh, Michael Card endorsing my book, and they wanted to hear more about the book, so they did a live, like, on-the-air radio interview. So, um, sorry if I'm out of breath. I've been going up and down stairs, and my son is in my arms. Um, but, man, I'm just, I'm so blessed by you people. I, I really can't believe how generous you've been, how much you've believed in this. And then to get um, people like Michael Card, Brian Zahn, Brett McCracken, all of them who have read the book and have just been so encouraging to me and have just just really found it to be, um, in their words, something very thought-provoking, something like what they're trying to do. And um, I, it's just such a great compliment. And I, I really cannot thank you um, enough, all of those of you that have donated. So um, be watching. If you go to my website, rickleyjames.com, uh, click on Rick's book um, under uh, one of the links there on the page. You'll be able to read all of those endorsements from them. Um, the book is, uh, I'm just waiting basically at this point on uh, Kickstarter to send all the funds and for the funds to go from Amazon into the bank. And uh, once that happens, we'll be able to actually put the book into production. So uh, thank you again, everybody. Thank you for listening to voices in my head. Um, I'm just amazed. All right, well, let me talk to you about the subject that is, uh, that's in my head today. Um, the subject in my head today is Christmas and how Christians, at least Western Christians, and I don't mean Western by you have a cowboy hat and walk around saying y'all, I mean uh, in the Western world, uh, which the United States is a part of, we seem to be celebrating Chris Christmas wrong. Christians, you're doing it wrong. And let me, let me explain what I mean by that. We have made Christmas out. Uh, for whatever reason, partially because of commercialization, partially because I think we get things, you know. We give these gifts, and we're always up for the holidays where you give things and get things. And we've made Christmas into the biggest holiday of the year. And in actuality, that's not the biggest holiday of the Christian year. Um, Easter is the culmination of, uh, you know, the thing that we should celebrate most heartily. But, you know, I get that. It's, it's not as commercialized. It's not as easy of a sell because it's easier to celebrate a holiday where somebody is born. Um, that's easier for people to swallow than a holiday where somebody is resurrected from the dead. <laughs> so, um, but but I, I think even just thinking about the holiday of Christmas, I think we could celebrate it much more effectively and much more meaningfully. And uh, just by observing some of the things on the Christian calendar... Now, I love Christmas music. I really do. Uh, I've already put out a couple little links about my new Christmas single, which is coming out this year. Christmas time is here. Um, Christian Happenings has already agreed the week of Thanksgiving um, leading into the Advent season. They're going to be giving the song away as a download of the week on itickets.com. Um, so I've already done a little bit of this um, Christmas promoting myself online. Not as much as I will once the season actually gets here. But as I think about Christmas and when it actually begins, we're, we're actually emptying our celebration. Um, we're, we're emptying it out too early. We're not actually celebrating it as fully as we could be. Um, the church year does not begin on New Year's. 
The church year actually begins for us on the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, this year, I believe that actually falls the Sunday immediately following Thanksgiving. Um, so that actually for us is the beginning of the new year. When Advent rolls around, um, we get to say, uh, you know, Happy New Year. We don't wait till January 1st. We get to say, Happy New Year, first Sunday of Advent. That's the season of expectation. It's the season of waiting. It's a season of preparing our hearts for the coming King. And so in the next few weeks, we don't celebrate Christmas. We don't, we don't start celebrating like joy to the world he has come yet. We are actually in a season of preparation. And we look at it, uh, his first advent, his first coming, um, through the eyes also of his second advent, where we await with expectation when he will return and make all things new, set all things right, and remake the earth in his image. And so um, Advent time is, is such an important season of waiting. We're very bad at waiting. And so, you know, none of us even want to wait. It doesn't seem like until Advent to start celebrating Advent. You know, we walk into stores um, somewhere around early October and already you start seeing Christmas stuff. And Christians, I, I don't want to say anything about you that are listening to Christmas music really. That's whatever. That's fine. But... We already start the celebration way too early, and in a season of Advent, which is about waiting and about controlling ourselves, and actually waiting in prayer, waiting longingly, waiting expectantly, um, controlling ourselves to where we don't have to indulge fully in everything that's there, um, Advent is so much more meaningful if you treat it as a time of waiting. And this is something nobody in the world that I can think of is actually doing if we actually waited until Christmas Day to begin celebrating Christmas, we would be so in line with the Christian calendar. Um, Christmas Day, really, 20, December 25th, or really Christmas Eve, late at night, December 24th, is when the 12 days of Christmas, the season of Christmas, actually begins. There are um, 12 wonderful days that we get to celebrate what it means that Christ is here that Christ has arrived, that he is with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And um, for those 12 days leading up to the season of Epiphany, it's a time of, of celebration. It's a time of saying, hey, we've waited all these weeks. We've waited for you know, this month in expectation. And now, starting December 25th, we finally get to celebrate. Can you imagine if Christians all around the world when, when people in the world have stopped their celebration on December 25th, if that's when we really started celebrating and we said, joy to the world, the Lord is come. And now we're going to explore all that that means, that Christ is here in the world and he has been unleashed. And then we lead up to Epiphany 12 days later, which it's then because years later the Magi came to Jesus. Uh, most scholars think he was at least two years of age. Um, before maybe later but at least two years of age before the wise men came they weren't in Bethlehem anymore they had moved on um, they were just in Bethlehem for the census and and so you know at that point at Epiphany we could actually start celebrating um, this revelation that that Christ is Lord that the world is starting to catch on that a glorious light has dawned in Eastern churches they actually celebrate the baptism of Jesus at that point at Epiphany but we really shouldn't bring up the wise men or the magi until 12 days after, you know, whenever this Christmas season has ended. 
And then we enter into the first of two ordinary times. Um, we have ordinary time where we kind of reflect on what it means that Christ is here, that Christ is in the world. And that leads up, I think it's something like six weeks later, till we get to the season of Lent. And Lent begins a, another six-week season, uh, sort of of waiting. It's a six-week season of repentance. It's a six-week season of preparing our hearts by walking with Jesus on the road to the cross. That um, terrible culmination of where he was going to bear the world's sins, to bear the worst that men could possibly do to him, to, to bear our sins. And, and, and what I mean by that is he was taking not what God would dish out on the cross, he was taking the worst that men could do and showing that God could come back on Easter and be resurrected. That's another area where we mess up. We have six weeks of Lent leading up to the cross, but we have seven weeks of Easter. It's a, it's a symbolic number. Seven always represents God. So six weeks of Lent leads into seven weeks of celebrating that Christ has risen again, that he is here in the world, he has been unleashed, and he has come back with arms open wide with forgiveness for the very ones who put them there. He has come back to say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, and not just to say it, but to live it out. And then when we reach the end of that seven-week period, that huge culmination, the big celebration of the church, we get almost an even bigger celebration because we celebrate the ascension of Christ and then the season of Pentecost, the, the day of Pentecost where we celebrate the Holy Spirit being given to the church and what it means now that Christ is living in the church, in his people, embodied among us even now. Which leads to our second ordinary time, which leads all the way up until we get to Advent again. And we say, Happy New Year at the beginning of December. So um, anyway, I'm just thinking we could celebrate so much more effectively if, you know, we talk about the church being countercultural. Alex is chiming in if you hear that. Blah, that's right. We talk about the church being countercultural. We talk about you know, ways that we could do this better, ways that we could show the world that we are different, that we celebrate different, even that we handle our calendar differently. What if we began celebrating that way? You know, I feel like I'm the only one that wants to give this a try sometimes, but I feel like there's a lot more of you out there that would like to try this way, that would like to say, hey, you know what? We're Christians, and that changes everything. It even changes our calendar. We're no longer living by Hallmark, you know. You notice I didn't mention Thanksgiving because that's a specifically American holiday. Um, we celebrate it at our church, and I think that's great. I think that's great that we, you know, give thanks to the Lord. There's special emphasis on that, but it's not part of the liturgical calendar. It's not part of the Christian year where it's going to be celebrated universally. And, and this is about um, unity among the entire body of Christ, not just one segment, which is the church in America. This is about what if the church universal we could find a way together through the Christian calendar to actually celebrate and show Christ to the world, to live in a way that is different, and to even order our time differently. So uh, my thoughts today uh, are there. Those are the voices in my head today. Those are the things that are, are speaking to me. I just wish we could figure out a way to do it a little better. Um, there's always ways we can improve. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually trying to say, hey, you're you're doing everything wrong, but we are doing some things wrong. Sometimes just because we don't know, we've, we've so disconnected from the history, our history uh, of being the church, 
um, 2,000 years of history, we, we usually, you know, a lot of us in our denominations have just chucked that aside and said, whatever we can utilize, whatever is utilitarian. And so we've started building churches over the last 100 years or so, not because we wanted them to be holy places and places that were marked as different, but because they were utilitarian, you know, some kind of place that we can make where we can draw as many people as possible and get a big crowd and come in and also do concerts and do meals and do things like that. Nothing wrong with those things, but, you know, it used to be that even our architecture was designed to be holy. Even our architecture was designed that when somebody would walk into our doors, they would know this is a different kind of place. This doesn't fit in with with corporate America. This doesn't fit in with, you know, Walmart, the place you walk in. This doesn't look like Cracker Barrel when we walk in the door. This doesn't look like a ranch where you ride horses. This is a holy building. This is a place where, where God reigns supreme. And even the building itself was intended to be like that. Um, so, lastly, I guess, we talk about the way we can do the calendar differently. Maybe we could just live it differently. You know, as we come into this Advent season very soon, as uh, we're wrapping up when we celebrate Thanksgiving with our families and things, I wish we could think differently about what it means to give. Um, I enjoy presents a lot. I really do. Um, I like getting them from my family. Um, I have been too self-righteous in the past about, you know, uh, we need to give everything away. And, and I don't know. I, I think there's creative ways to do it. I think we can give to each other at Christmas. But if we're giving at the exclusion of others, you know, when we think about Jesus and what it means that he was a person who gave all he had, who gave of himself uh, to the end, everything. I wonder, would Jesus celebrate the way that we do with our Christian holiday? Would he hoard lots of stuff? Would he have us hoard lots of stuff? Um, it seems like Jesus' way is to share you know we see it in the table it's his example um don't even get me started on how we have so neglected the table until you know the last hundred years or so it was non-negotiable every week was communion that was the high point not the preaching not the music um, not anything else we gather for the high point of the service was always jesus that way if we had you know the worst sermon ever and the worst music or whatever it didn't matter because hey we were going to come and and receive Jesus at the table every single week together. Something that we couldn't do for ourselves. It was something we had to receive from Him. Um, but anyway, aside from that, it's just there's just such a different way we could live in this holiday season. It could stop being about giving presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, and it could be about giving presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, giving our presents to each other, uh, spending time with each other, giving of ourselves to others who maybe don't have, um, showing Christ to those who don't know him and need him desperately. Maybe it means this year, I've always thought it would be cool if like on Christmas or even Thanksgiving, we could figure out a way with our families, like give our meal to those who don't have it. Maybe you could invite somebody to your celebration this year who doesn't have a family. Um, I, I can tell you from times as a single guy for many years and there was times when you know the family was not gathering around because for various reasons I was going through a divorce my parents were in Africa um, it seemed like we always still found a way to get together on the holidays but I was always very aware 
in those times of how alone I was and how lonely I was in those seasons. Take somebody into your family, maybe. Um, you know, uh, think about it. Maybe there's somebody that, that God can lay upon your heart that you could say, hey, you know what? If we're going to be about Jesus, um, we're going to not just give presents this year. We're going to give of ourselves, And, uh, you know, maybe we'll give our presents to somebody else. Maybe maybe we'll, you know, if we want to be so emphasizing the Magi at Christmas time, maybe we'll say, well, they brought three gifts. How about we all just get three gifts this year and the rest we're going to give away? Um, I don't know. Just be creative. Think differently. Don't buy into the world. Um, don't buy into the Black Friday deal and the sales and things. Um, you know, don't make it hard for people to celebrate with their family. I was talking to a, a guy from our church who works at Target and they're making him come in at like 8 o'clock on Thanksgiving night or maybe at 7 o'clock, I don't remember. Um, because the world, they can't trust enough. You know, corporate America is not set up to trust in God, it's set up to trust in money. So they can't take a day off. And um, take a day off this year, you know. I guess that's the end of my rant right now. <laughs> uh, it's just, I feel like we could do it so much better. And uh, Alex, do you have anything else you want to add? Because it's going to be your first Christmas this year. So we're going to have to celebrate. And we're going to be celebrating, you know, January 2nd, his very first birthday, um, one year. So this is all new to him. I want to teach him the right way. I want to teach him what it means to be Christian. I want to teach him what it means to live out the calendar um, as a Christian and not as just Hallmark would have us do. No offense to Hallmark. I enjoy good Hallmark stuff. But anyway, that's about all I got for today. So thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. Uh, it's a real honor to get to share this podcast with you. I promise you we do have more guests coming up. I've actually been talking with my friend Eddie Kirkland, um, who is actually planning a church right now. He's going to be planting an Anglican church, going from um, the second largest church in America. He's going to be stepping out from his position as music pastor there um, to plant a church. That's a big step of faith. Um, you know, he's, he's an amazing guy. We've written music together, had him on the show. Uh, I've talked to him about coming on and talking to us about his new endeavor in the new year. Um, I've got some other musical guests that are in mind um, that are coming up. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully before long we're going to be getting to that 100th episode. Sorry the episodes haven't been coming as fast and furiously as they were in the beginning. I'm a dad now. Um, things are busy, and I don't get to do it as often as I would like. But thank you for supporting Voices in My Head. Thanks for listening. And uh, I'm hoping to get lots more really great episodes out to you this year. I'd love to hear back from you. So if you can uh, go to my website, rickleyjames.com. There's plenty of places on there for you to send feedback. Also, I'm scheduling concerts for the new year and actually speaking tours uh, for the new book. I'm going to be hopefully doing some lectures. So if you have in mind a place that you think I would like to play, or uh, you're a pastor or someone who runs a venue or a, a bookstore and you want to uh, have me come in, please contact me at rickleyjames.com. There's contact forms there, and uh, we'll get back to you as quick as we can. So you guys have a great one. I probably won't talk to you again before Thanksgiving, but so just in case I don't, if you're in America, happy Thanksgiving and uh, celebrate it like Jesus. By that I mean don't go killing any Indians. Okay, take care you guys. Thanks for listening to Voices in My Head. This is Rick Lee James and Alexander Grayson James signing off. You've been listening to Voices in My Head. 
the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience. So if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.